0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to part four of our series, Suit Up. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, or if you have any friends or family members or colleagues that are kind of taking this approach, but uh, I've gotten the impression from quite a few people that the the longer we go into this uh, crazy season with COVID and the more familiar we become with statistics and and even death rates um, and all these sorts of things, I'm almost getting the impression that we're becoming uh, acclimatized and conditioned to what's going on around us and we're becoming more and more relaxed with life which is completely understandable so obviously we are, our, our gravitational pull is towards uh, going back to what we are familiar with but it makes me think of exactly what we're dealing with in this series and I'll read the first few verses in a, in a few moments to you again but we're basically taking a look at how we actually are living in a battle we're living in a spiritual war. Uh, we have Jesus who died for us to be free and to experience a full life and to make a difference this side of eternity and then of course there's an enemy who wants to do everything he can to distract you discourage you um, or maybe just just kind of tone down the seriousness of of your potential and what's actually at stake and again it's understandable so the longer we live and the more we become acclimatized to the circumstances around us the easier it is for us to start to nod off for us to to start to become a little bit too relaxed and frankly uh, i think that the what's at stake in terms of us actually pushing back spiritually is far greater than what's at stake if we uh, are not super diligent when it comes to coronavirus um, and so i really do want to get your attention this morning i want to encourage you that there is a lot at stake uh, I think that God wants to do everything He can to, to help us to regain perspective. I'm even wondering if, if that isn't one of the, the positive things that He wants to bring out of this season is to help us to actually reevaluate and, and recalibrate and to uh, take a look at, at what actually matters most. I was praying uh, for you. Uh, I try and do it as often as I can, <laughs> as often as I remember. And I was, I was actually challenged recently just thinking, like, what is it that I'm actually praying for? What is it that I'm actually hoping for? And even just recently and preparing for this message and, and thinking about you, our church, those of you that are, that are tuning in, um, I, I felt quite challenged. And I don't know if you pray for your family or for friends. I wonder what you pray about. For me, I, I realized that I'm maybe not always being specific enough. And so I really just thought through some of the, the values, some of the parts of our vision that we talk about where we're here to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I just started to Uh, just try and pray through that lens. And I'm just telling you, before we even get into this message, which I'm going to try and keep as short as possible, that uh, it is my hope that you would know how much God loves you, that you are loved. But secondly, my prayer is that you would respond to that invitation to love God back. It is my, my prayer and my hope that you would know that Jesus has already paid the price. He's already died in our place to set you free. He can't do anything more to set you free. My second prayer there is that you and I would actually continue to daily respond to that invitation to walk in that freedom. God has a purpose for your life. It's not. This isn't tripe. This isn't. This isn't uh, just just something that we say to try and encourage people, or that we say to kids to try and give them a some kind of motivation for the future. God has a purpose for your life. Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us that you are His masterpiece. He has created you to actually walk in the good works that He has planned for you. And again, my prayer is that you would actually recognize God's invitation to live out that purpose. And lastly, God has wired us and He's given us gifts and He's He's created opportunities for us to make a difference in this life. My prayer and my hope is that as we even recognize this battle, as we recognize what's at stake, that we would not grow weary in doing good, that we would be committed, that we would keep responding to His invitation to make a difference, that we would love people well, and that we would be fully surrendered, wholeheartedly surrendered, carte blanche surrendered to God's plan, to His purpose, to His destiny for our lives. I need you to understand that there really is a lot at stake, that when we take a look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 6, when, when, when Paul introduces this particular paragraph by saying that, that we're in a battle and we're not fighting against flesh and blood, I think that his readers would understand, especially if they've just read the rest of his letter, the, the five chapters before this, they would appreciate that there's a lot at stake. God has a plan, God has a purpose, and God has a destiny. Let's take a look at just the first few verses real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says a final word, be strong in the Lord. So not your own grit and determination, but actually in the strength that God has given us. And that's actually what the armor represents. And the armor is a metaphor, but it represents this power that he's actually given to us. And I want to, I want to kind of point out that he, that he challenges us to put on all the armor. We don't, we don't kind of like grow in one part at a time. No, no, we actually put on everything to God our minds, our hearts, our bodies to, to exercise faith, to, to be ready to share the gospel, to, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, so, so, so to actually live in response to righteousness and trying to live a righteous life. We, we want to put on salvation as we protect our minds, put on all the armor so that we'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil verse 12 says that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies so I've already mentioned that we're, we're actually fighting against a spiritual authority and then in verse 14 he now gets into some of the detail and we've already touched on some of these he says stand firm then with the belt of truth Sue spoke about this a couple of weeks ago uh, around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness now this is the one I want to tackle Today, And we're not focusing so much on the breastplate, although I do think it's significant that it protects our chest, that it, that it kind of covers our hearts and, and protects our hearts. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Moffat spoke about this last week. There was so much in that message. I would strongly recommend, even if you watched it last week, to, to go back and to actually pause every now and then and make notes of some of the truths that he, that he was dropping. There is incredible value in the previous messages that Moffat and that Sue shared. so we 're going to take a look very quickly at at righteousness. Now righteousness actually uh, is used in two different contexts, and just reading a whole bunch of scholars there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, a tussle, uh, not, not a disagreement, but, but maybe two sides of the coin where some people. Would acknowledge that maybe this is putting on the righteousness that Jesus has purchased for us at the cross. In other words, He's paid the price for us, so we can actually, we can actually be confident as we stand in right standing with God. It's it's nothing that we do; it's only something that we accept. But then there's the other side of righteousness where we actually respond to what Jesus has done for us, and we actually try and live righteous lives now many of us are quick to say well we can't live a perfect life and that's true but that doesn't mean that we should go to the other extreme where we just give up trying to actually live lives that matter give up trying to live lives that are that are trying to grow and mature in fact i would argue that if we don't care about actually trying to honor god with our lives i don't want to freak you out but i would argue that you have not had a revelation of the gospel, you haven't had a revelation of God's love for you, of what Jesus did for you, of what we actually deserved and what we got instead when Jesus took our place on the cross. I would say that when we have a revelation of that, when that actually starts to sink in, when that starts to make sense, we can't help but want to respond to it. We can't earn it, but we can't help but want to respond to what Jesus has done for us. And so I wanna look at righteousness in three different areas, um, ways that righteousness, so righteous living. I'm focusing more on the way that we actually commit to trying to grow in the way that we live our lives and the way that righteousness strengthens us. Number one is that righteous righteousness strengthens peace. Right living strengthens peace. In Romans 5 verse 1, Uh, In the CEB, it says, therefore, since we have been made righteous through His faithfulness. So that's referring to Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace because of what He's done and I believe that we can go on to walk in that peace as we continue to live righteous lives. The New Living Translation puts it this way, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight. That's a great way of, of simply describing righteousness. We are, we've been made right in God's sight. By faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And so I think both receiving righteousness and pursuing righteousness brings peace. When, when I realize how much God loves me and that He's already paid the price for me, that actually brings a sense of peace. So before I can do anything, He's, he's already paid this price. Um, b- before I can earn, before I can respond, before I can pay back, there's a right standing with God, and it's only in that right standing nurse, that I can actually then try and live rightly, if that makes sense. Another place where I think that this is addressed, this is actually Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. He says, so don't worry about these, th- these things, saying, what will I eat, what will we drink? It's referring a lot to our stresses and our worries about material things. What will uh, we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And then quite a well-known passage says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. He's saying don't be like unbelievers who are worrying about things that are out of their control. He's not saying don't be diligent with those things that are in your control. But he's saying, hey, the, the, more, the more secure we become in living righteously, in pursuing God's righteousness, in, in trying to put Him first, in trying to please Him, it's amazing how much peace we, we experience. It's like there's this initial peace that we experience when we are reminded of how much God loves us, what Jesus has done for us, what He's earned for us at the cross. But then there's, but then there's also a further strengthened peace, almost like like, like we experience a tangible sense of peace, the more we actually put God first and put Him at the center of our lives. As we live righteously, I believe that we will experience peace. The, the more we accept His righteousness and the more that we try and live rightly, the more confident I believe we are, the more at peace we are with the promises of God. Galatians 6, Verse 7 and 9 says that God won't be mocked. You'll reap what you sow. Um, So he's saying, hey, if if you're going to sow the right seeds, you are going to reap. Verse 9 says, don't grow weary in doing good, for at the right time you will reap a harvest. It's amazing how the more consistently I walk with God, the more peace I experience. So righteousness strengthens peace, but secondly, Righteousness strengthens security, or I would add the word identity. So kind of like a security in God, a security in, in whose I am and who I am. It's amazing how, how, the, how the more I accept His righteousness. So, so again, I, I don't know if it's a coincidence that the metaphor, you know, is referring to the breastplate that covers our heart, you know, where we kind of think of, of our emotions and security and, and feeling love and receiving love. I don't think it's a coincidence i think that it's amazing how much more secure we become the more we keep practice the more we keep practicing righteous living the more that we keep trying to walk closely with god we are forgiven we are loved we are empowered. There are, there are things about our, our identity that we are accepted, that we are adopted, that can actually give us security. And out of that security, we keep responding in the way that we try and put God first and live righteously. But if you've been trying to follow Jesus for any amount of time, then you know what it's like to feel discouraged and frustrated when you fail. You know what it's like to feel like you're giving the enemy some ammunition to use against you, and and he'll do everything he can, I think, a lot of the time, to actually take an element of truth and blow it out of proportion. So, so you might have messed up somewhere, and so he reminds you of that, but then he adds a whole bunch of other stuff, like God could never use you, that person's never going to forgive you. you, you can't possibly be serious enough about God if you keep messing up in the same way, and so he's taking an element of truth that you messed up, that's true, but then he keeps adding all this other venom, all this other exaggeration to it, and so I really don't want to patronize you and make it sound like it's just a simple thing and click your fingers. It's not. But I do want to encourage you that it's worth getting back up and continuing to fight and continuing to try and, and close those gaps in your life so that, you can, so that you are giving the enemy less and less ammunition to use against you. Side note, when he does use ammunition, so an element of truth, that's where we've got to try and remember the, the full truth, the whole truth that we are forgiven that we are loved that 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 god is still gracious and that he wants to help us get back up and try again just a couple of like ideas or suggestions under this point uh, point. and that is number one that we have to actually do everything we can to resist temptation we have to actually consciously we, we, we can't just go with the flow and say well you know i'm just am just a man i'm just a human i can't push back no no we we actually have the power, again, spiritually speaking, you've been set free. You're no longer addicted to the power of sin. You actually have power over sin. But there's still a battle that goes on with our human nature. But I wanna encourage you to run, like flee temptation. The moment you even sniff, you know, like when you, when you used to walk past a restaurant, you know, when you used to walk past Spurn, and like something just smells amazing, well, run. <laughs> the moment you know you're getting near, Anything that could lead to temptation, run hard. Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy. And that's the amazing thing with this armor of God. And again, I don't want you to get distracted with the metaphors. I want you to, I want our hope and prayers. that by the end of the series, we have a greater understanding of what it is to live in truth. Part of that, as Sue spoke about, is actually living daily in a relationship with Jesus, constantly living close to Him, him uh, you, uh, allowing Him to, to keep everything else together. But truth also refers to integrity and honesty and, and living consistently. As Moffat spoke about last week, about sanctification and stability and, and, and making sure that our feet are actually prepared and that we're ready at all times. As, we, as we're looking today about, about actually taking it seriously about trying to live righteously trying to do what's right consistently as we keep putting this stuff on you're going to be amazed at how much more consistently you're able to resist the enemy and resist temptation I love the encouragement I can't tell you how often I've come back to this verse especially when I'm struggling with with an attitude or a desire or or anything. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And then I love this part in yellow, and God is faithful. I wanna encourage you, if you find yourself in a season right now where you're struggling with your mind, you're you're struggling with self-control, you're struggling with a recurring habit or pattern, God is faithful. You might feel like you're thoroughly faithless right now, but I want to encourage you that He is faithful and He will not allow you. If you're a child of God, if you're following, trying to follow Jesus, if you've accepted His forgiveness and you're trying to follow Him, you're in a relationship with Him, the Bible promises us that He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure I want to encourage you just to, just to kind of allow your spidey senses to kind of be alert to when, to when the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is just giving you that little, <clears throat> like just trying to get your attention and redirect you, showing you that there's a way out. Please, 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 we don't have to give in to every temptation. We don't have to be overcome. We can fight Back And if you're anything like me, you might want this exhaustive list of exactly what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do in every single situation of your life. And the Bible gives us a lot of very, very clear examples and principles, but it doesn't give us every single subset that is to be applied in the 21st century. There, There are so many clear principles, but we need a relationship with God where we were allowing him to constantly help us to recognize what does generosity look like? What does forgiveness look like in this situation? What does greed look like? What does faithfulness look like? What does working diligently for my boss who I don't like, who's, who's unreasonable and unfair, what does working for him as though I'm working for the Lord, which is earlier in the book of Ephesians, what does that look like? What does unity in the church with your school friends, In a class where there's a lot of you know conflict or in a marriage or in a relation what does that look like basically what i'm trying to say is that i think everything to do with righteousness i mean if you forget everything else i've said i think that everything to do with righteousness actually comes down to the question what does love look like what does love demand of me or require of me in this moment what does loving God and loving people look like right now? If I'm going to love people, well, then I'm probably not going to be greedy at someone else's expense. If, if, if I'm going to love people, I'm probably going to still carry my weight at work, even though someone else has done something that, that I think doesn't deserve me being diligent. Love in a marriage or in a relationship where, where the other person is giving you a hard time and you feel like they don't deserve it. Well, well love is probably going to prompt me to still be generous and gracious and kind even though they don't deserve it. Love is going to prompt you to love your enemy, to do good to those who harm you. It is completely counterintuitive. And I'm not talking about just a sentimental type of love. I'm not talking about a 21st century politically correct love. I'm talking about about something way broader and way deeper. And ironically, it's not something that Christians are always well known for. And I think that the reason for that is because the enemy probably attacks Christians at the point of their love, maybe more than in any other way. Maybe you think he just wants to make me dirty or he wants to distract me or discourage me. I think if he can just stop us from loving the people around us, he can stop us from actually living righteous lives and loving God back. Righteousness is loving God and loving God. People, Galatians 5 or 6. I was reading this the other day just in my devotions, and when I tell you it clapped me, it clapped me (laughs) because I think because I was also thinking about this message and, and around the idea of righteousness. But in Galatians chapter 5 or 6, it says, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. I don't have time for that. Just all the men can be very happy that you don't have to do that anymore to be religious. But here's the part that matters: what is important is faith expressing itself in love. It's not about some religious ceremony. Back in those times, um, because it came from, Jude- you know, Christianity came out of Judaism and, and out of, out of a, you know, this Hebrew form of religion in the Old Testament, you had to be circumcised as a sign that you were set apart. Now the sign of Christians being set apart are that they are righteous, but righteousness is actually expressed in Love. He goes on in verse 13 to say, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So again, don't, don't let the grace of God and the kindness of God be an excuse for me to just gratify my, my sinful nature and do whatever I want. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For, take a look at verse 14. The whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you're wondering who your neighbor is, well, we preached on this a few weeks back when we spoke on racism, prejudice and power. Maybe you want to go take a look at that. But your neighbor is pretty much anyone you come into contact with. It's anyone that you need to show love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and goodness and self-control towards. That's what that's what being righteous is. It's whatever kindness looks like, whatever gentleness looks like, whatever self-control looks like in that moment, whatever patience looks like in that moment, whatever a peaceful response looks like in that moment, that is righteousness. So don't worry. We, we, the last point is very short. We're still in the middle point and we've taken a look at how we need to resist temptation. But then a second sub-point is that we need to make corrections, not excuses. Make corrections, not excuses. What I mean by that. Is that i think that it's okay to to try and understand why you messed up it's okay to be able to explain why you're doing something you don't want to do but don't ever let an explanation become an excuse i don't want to tell you all of the things that i might struggle with or that i might get wrong but what i can tell you is that i've tried to understand some of the triggers some of the things that have led towards that is there something i can learn from this so that i don't uh keep so Silly example would be the, the more tired I am, well, the more likely I am to be irritable and short-tempered and, and just grumpy, grouchy. Um, a little I, I might struggle to concentrate more, etc. So well I'm going that's gonna be an explanation of why I'm reacting the way I am to those closest to me, but it's not an excuse. So I've got to I've got to I've got to analyze, I've got to learn from it, learn from the explanation, but then I need to actually make corrections. If you're wanting to grow in your security in God, I want to encourage you to keep keep trying to adjust. Keep learning from your mistakes. Keep making corrections. An incredible way to do this, I believe, is to have people that have your back. We spoke about this at the beginning of the series in part one where we have friends that will actually stand with us back to back and fight for us. People that you can be vulnerable with. People that you can be real with. I'm so grateful that for more than 20 years, I've always had... Men in my life, cl- like a close man or two. Right now, for the last few years, I've had a couple of close friends that I can be completely real with. Not just, not just manage my level of transparency and honesty. I mean, where you are vulnerable and you feel like this could risk relationship, but where we're able to support each other, pray for each other, hold each other accountable. I do believe that it's possible for us to make corrections without just living year in and year out on excuses. And then the third little sub-point is just simply to accept love, forgiveness, and peace. That might sound so, so, so patronizing, but somewhere along the line, if we're going to be securing God, we need to actually choose, God, I don't feel it right now. I don't see it right now. I don't understand it right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to accept that you love me. I'm going to accept the righteousness that Jesus purchased for me at the cross. I'm going to accept forgiveness. I'm going to accept Peace and the reason for that is that guilt and shame will never produce long-term fruit. Again, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I've done that. I've tried that. I've tried to. I've tried to shame myself into change in the early years. I would. I remember at one point I was accountable to a friend, um, and and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to pay you if I mess up in this area." Uh, like you know, thinking that, that that if there's some kind of like pain connection that you're going to stop something, but, but it's not getting to the root issue. I'm just telling you that it's actually the love and the peace and the grace of God that actually is going to help us to find freedom, not just guilt and shame. So righteousness strengthens our peace, it strengthens our security, and lastly, righteousness strengthens purpose. Purpose. Strengthens purpose. Purpose is about who we become, but I also believe it's about what we get done. And as I mentioned to you earlier, God has created you with a purpose. And I think that the enemy, again, we might think he's just trying to make you dirty or naughty. We're thinking way too superficially. He's wanting to, he's wanting to destroy your life because he knows if he can destroy your life, he can destroy, if he can destroy the potential of you enjoying a healthy marriage one day or enjoying healthy friends or enjoying being able to pass something on to the next generation whether you have your own kids or are able to minister to others and and be the body of Christ please stop thinking so superficially around us actually fighting the good fight and fighting for our lives there is so much at stake my hope and my prayer is that even, even through this message and at this moment, and as we' go into the week ahead, that you would be so mindful of the purpose that God has saved you for, and that you would care about who you are becoming, but that you would also care about what you do. Ephesians 4 verse1, I read the scripture the first week of the series. It says, "Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy." Of your calling, for you have been called by God, and it is my prayer, it is our hope that as a church that we continue to take the territory that God is destined for us to take, where we can be the blessing. I'm so grateful to those of you that have given to Mandela Day that we can that we can bless. 47 families affected by the fires. I'm so grateful. I'm in a hall right now that you can't see, but the but but the floor is strewn with clothes from from gifts of people that have given towards those that are in need. The blanket drive was amazing. Your response to COVID, the way that so many of you serve in so many different areas. I'm amazed, I'm grateful, I'm humbled, and I don't want us to get to, to grow weary in doing good. I want us to keep fighting the good fight. I'm begging you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Don't allow the volume to be turned down on the calling for your life. Maybe that's the most important thing you can do in the week ahead. Where you just ask God, Lord, help me to see what's next. What's next in my calling? Because who you are matters and how you live matters. And maybe, Maybe you're wondering how this all fits into the grace picture. I love the way that Dallas Willard says the following: Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Grace says that we can't earn salvation, but it doesn't say that we don't put effort in to responding to it. God has bought us at a price, we are not our own. He is the Lord, He is the leader, He's the boss, He's the master. We're the servants. And so we are called to honor Him. We are are called to surrender to Him, whatever that looks like in your life. So we might all be in different seasons, different places in our journey, but I want to challenge you to do the next right thing that you know to do in your life. Don't compare it to somebody else. Don't compete with someone else. Don't make excuses because of someone else. This is between you and God. Some of you watching this right now, you may need to go and pick up the phone straight after this. You might need to send a message. I know this is shocking, but some people might need to actually talk on the phone, like have a conversation on the phone and make an apology or try and reconcile. Some of you watching this might need to actually, maybe you're sensing God saying to you, hey, I, I want you to take a look at your full budget and your full expenditure. And I want you to look at it through the eyes, through a whole fresh lens of someone who is called to surrender everything to God. Maybe you're watching this and you know that God has gifted you supernaturally. Like you are gifted. You are talented. You're blessed. People praise you. People appreciate you. People love you. And maybe God's prompting you saying, hey, will you surrender those gifts to me? Will you dare to see what I can do with what you think is great? It's small in comparison to what I can do through your gifts. I believe that righteousness... Right living will strengthen our purpose. You see, how we live matters. Who we are matters. Because while gifting might impress others, so gifting impresses, but character influences. Gifting is going to impress people. You might get onto the cover of a magazine. You might, you might get written up about it in some article somewhere. People might make reference to your gifts, but it doesn't mean that they like you or are impacted by you or are influenced by you. Character influences. The longer you live, the older you get, the more who you are matters to people. Whether or not you are gentle, humble, kind, generous, willing to help, willing to share, it matters. And so I want you to live a life that is righteous. I'm drawing to a close and I want to just share Ephesians 4 verse 16 real quick because it says that he makes, this is referring to Jesus, who Paul's just spoken about how Jesus is the head of the church and I'm saying that him, Jesus, the head of the church, makes the whole body, he's referring to the church, that involves every one of you, the whole body fit together perfectly and then look at this, as each part does its own special work. Each part has a special work to do. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When we all do our own part, when we are living out our purpose, when we are living rightly, righteously, we are doing our own part and we bless one another. We make the whole body healthier, stronger, and growing and full of love. I believe that it's worth fighting for. I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. I beg you to respond to the fact that God loves you, that you would respond to his invitation to love him back. I beg that you would respond to the fact that Jesus has purchased your freedom and that you would respond to his invitation to live in that freedom. I beg you that you would accept that God has a purpose for your life and that you would respond to his invitation to discover that purpose, to experiment, to make mistakes, to get back up, to try stuff. And lastly, that you would believe that God has actually wired you. No matter how broken your past, no matter how much pain you have in your history, God doesn't want you to waste your pain. God, His plan is to write a whole new end for your life in that case. That's to make a difference. And my prayer is that you would respond to that invitation to make a difference. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, that you would help us to recognize your invitations to these different parts of our lives. God, would you help us to recognize and receive the righteousness, the, the, the Jesus making us right with you, him, him causing us to have right standing with you, a right relationship with you because of what he did at the cross. Help us, God, to receive that gift of forgiveness and that gift of reconciliation, of relationship but please would you also help us to recognize and respond to this calling to follow you, to live rightly, to live righteously. God, help us to surrender to you fully, completely. God, when we make mistakes, help us not to make excuses, help us to make changes, help us to to figure stuff out, help us to reinforce things so that we don't make excuses for our character, but that we also don't give up trying, that we keep growing one step at a time one season at a time, as we do everything we can to live lives that are worthy of your calling, please. And God, for anyone that's watching this today that are wanting to respond to a relationship with you, God, I pray that you'd give them a revelation of your love, a revelation of your forgiveness, and that you would help them to say yes to following you one step at a time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.